Weekday evenings on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. It's 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. Host Daryl Wood brings you the day's news and trending topics as only he can with a unique blend of conservative opinion, constitutionalism, and thought-provoking analysis. Join the conversation. 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. A daily look at the news in a way you won't hear anywhere else. Tune in to 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. Or stream at PatriotDetroit.com. You are in in what part of the country? Southwest Colorado. Wonderful. How are you picking us up? Oh, I stream you guys on my uh, iPhone every day. Fantastic. Um, I am a resident of Sterling Heights, but uh, I frequently come to Southwest Colorado. I am just thrilled to be hearing from you out there in Colorado. Continue to listen, tune in again, and call at your earliest convenience. Godspeed. Run to Win with Daryl Wood, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. on Faith Talk Detroit. That number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578, to be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emery Moss. Welcome to the Bible program that deals with apologetics, systematic theology, Christian living, whatever you have on your mind, as long as it is biblical. And that number to call with any questions that you have is area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578, to be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emery Moss, your friendly neighborhood apologist. We've been dealing uh, yesterday with uh, Islam, and we're going to continue that today, and I need to wrap it up, uh, uh, to wrap it up in terms of uh, dealing with the challenge that we had, which was, was Abraham a follower of Islam? Was Abraham a follower of Islam? So if you will allow me uh, to create, uh, let us say, a new aspect of our program, because I don't want to leave you without getting a full assessment of the kind of stuff that we uh, uh, dealt with yesterday. Uh, We need to summarize this and package it for you. We had the challenge on the table yesterday. Now let's put the answer on the table, okay? Uh, Was Abraham a follower of Islam? Well, for us as Christians, definitely not, right? Definitely not. Uh, in Surah 367, it says, Abraham was not a Jew, nor yet a Christian, but he was true in faith and bowed his will to Allah's, which is Islam. He joined not gods with gods. Let us explore this, all right? So I'm going to do a little teaching session here. You might want to take some notes, if you will. Then after this, I'll open up the uh, phone lines for you with any biblical inquiries or questions that you have. But it's time to put some hard biblical and theological facts on the table, right? Surah 367. Abraham was not a Jew, nor yet a Christian, but he was true in faith and bowed his will to Allah's, which is Islam. He joined not God with God. Well, let's answer the first one, uh, the last thing that I talked about first, where it says, he joined not God with God. Well, actually, what the Quran says in Surah 367 is not accurate. It's not true. Because before Abraham came to a knowledge of Jehovah God, he, yeah, he did join gods with gods, at least according to the Bible, over in Joshua and in chapter 24. Okay? This is Joshua chapter 24. It says, 
in uh, Joshua 24 and 2. And Joshua said unto all the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, even Terah, the father of Abraham. As you guys recall from your biblical readings of Genesis, Terah was the father of Abraham and the father of Nacor. And they served other gods before Abraham came to the true knowledge of Jehovah God. He served other gods. He was a polytheist, yes. Okay. And it says in verse 3, And I took your father Abraham from the other side of the flood and led them throughout the land of Canaan and multiplied his seed and gave him Isaac. Now, what happens is, if you really look at it, and I mean, these are just the plain facts, there are places in the Quran which, of course, deny what we read in the Bible, okay, in the Word of God. Uh, and uh, what they say is, well, you know, the Quran corrects the Bible. But we've got some problems with that, as you'll see as we go on. But first of all, if we're following our Bible, the Bible says definitely that before Abraham came to a knowledge of Jehovah God, he was a polytheist. Okay? He was a polytheist. And that's in um, uh, Joshua chapter 24, verse 2. Okay? Also, uh, in terms of his, uh, him, his Christian faith, what is it that Jesus said about Abraham. What did he say about Abraham? Well, if we go to John chapter 8. John chapter 8 is very instructive on this. Okay? And so we'll go there quickly and look at verse 56 and 58. Now, you guys that are driving in your car, don't try to take notes. You can't. You can't. <laughs> you have to uh, uh, have this recorded somehow or, or get it later or something, but be careful. Here, in John chapter 8 and verse 56, it says, and this is what Jesus said. These are the words of Jesus Christ. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Okay? Now, how was it that Abraham saw Jesus' day and was glad? I mean, if you know what happens in Genesis 22, when, of course, Isaac was offered as a sacrificial, in the place of a sacrificial lamb, that was a type of Christ. That is what uh, Jesus is referring to here. And your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day and saw it and was glad. Okay? And then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old. Hast thou seen Abraham? Okay? They didn't know who they were talking to. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, from all eternity, right? Verse 58, And Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. Okay? There, He's claiming to be God. I am. The same expression that uh, uh, is used of God over in Exodus and in chapter 3, verse 14. Now turn there to Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, where we see the God that, you know, Abraham believed in. And, uh, friends, it was not Allah. Not at all. Not at all. Not in your Bible. In Exodus chapter 3 and in verse 14, it says this, let's read into it a little, where, at, uh, verse 13, let's start at 13, Exodus chapter 3, verse 13, and Moses said unto God, behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, the God of your fathers hath sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, what is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God, okay, not Allah, and God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. 
The same way Jesus Christ identified himself in John chapter 8. Wow, before Abraham was, I am. Sorry, the Bible does not say that Abraham uh, was a follower of Allah. He was a follower of God, and Jesus, of course, is God, right? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, right? So it's very clear that in terms of the, uh, what the Bible has to say and what the Quran has to say, uh, totally different things. You cannot believe both of them. You have to believe one or the other. And that's the key place that I start in a discussion with people, just to tell them either be a Christian or don't be one, or be a Muslim or don't be one. But if you're going to be a Christian, you've got to abide by the Word of God. Okay? If you're a Muslim, then you abide by the Quran. And even though uh, some people, uh, Joel Osteen, in fact, uh, uh, forgive him for this mistake, was, uh, has actually said that Islam and Christianity uh, are teaching the same thing, that's not true. They don't. They teach the exact opposite. In fact, it is uh, horrible to the ears of a Muslim for you to say that God has a son. And in Christianity, God has a son, and his name is Jesus. How that's interpreted, of course, means all the difference in the world. But uh, we have to recognize that that is true. All right, so so there's where uh, we begin to to make some clarification, that no place at all do we find Abraham being a follower of Allah, just not something that the Bible says. Uh, We've looked at that. And then there's a larger argument to this, actually, a larger argument to this, and it's going to blow your mind where we get it from. Blow your mind. Uh, Because uh, an atheist actually gives support to Christianity. Yeah, an atheist. (laughs) Now, now here's the thing. Before you're trying to pick uh, pick your head up off the table or something, after you hear me say something like that, yes, I'll say it again. There is an atheist that... Uh, gives uh, some uh, good points for accepting Christianity. Now, he remained an atheist, but he taught a class. One of his students was the great Dr. Walter Martin. Many of you know him, father of cult apologetics, the real Bible answer man. That's what uh, Dr. Walter Martin was called. And uh, he talked about a philosophy class that he had. Yeah. And in his philosophy class, he said this, this professor just was destroying all religion. He was an atheist. He was just criticizing religion left and right, and, uh, and, you know, and that's a good kind of class for Christians to have, right? Because you need to know both sides of an argument, right, so that you can know better how to defend the Christian faith. And, so, uh, and Walter Martin never forgot this. Uh, and so here was this guy. Every day in class, he was criticizing uh, the Christian faith, just criticizing it. And then one day they came in, and he took a different turn. You know, he had so... I mean, there's no doubt about it. He was not, uh, he was an atheist. He didn't believe in God. He didn't believe in Islam. He didn't believe in Christianity. But he said this to uh, his students. And one of those students was uh, Dr. Walter Martin. He said, well, I'll tell you guys something. You guys know that I am an atheist. Okay? And they, they laughed because they knew it. And he said, but I will say this to you. If there is one religion that I would accept, Okay? If I was to accept any of the world religions, okay, even though I'm an atheist, I don't believe in God, I've told you, I've given you all my evidences and arguments against God. He said, but if I were to believe any religion, the religion I would choose would be Christianity. And 
Dr. Walter Martin almost fell out of his chair. He said, what? <laughs> Where's this guy going? And so the atheistic professor uh, began uh, to explain his uh, position, explain his position. First, he took on polytheism. Now, you know that polytheism is a belief in many gods, right? Uh, that's what a polytheist is. Hindu, Hinduism is a polytheistic system, right, where they believe in many, many gods. Don't know how many, in the millions, guys they believe. Uh, Vishnu, you know, Shiva, all these gods. Uh, so he said, but he said, well, first of all, if I were to believe in God, I could not accept polytheism. Uh, if you're talking about more than one God, that defeats the very definition of God. God is, by definition, would have to be the creator of all things. So, therefore, there can't be gods. There can only be one God. Now, he said something very interesting because over in Acts, um, uh, in chapter 17, the Greeks already realized that. Remember at Mars Hill in Athens where uh, Paul could go to a statue they made that was to an unknown God? In fact, the Greeks, uh, during, uh, in the first century, the time that Paul was on the scene, had already through reason, reasoned that they were only one God. They called him the unknown God, but they recognized that he was only one. Aristotle, uh, the great Greek pagan philosopher, as he was, did believe in God. God was the great unmoved mover, okay? So there's got to be just one God. So first of all, he said, the atheist uh, was using his argument to say, so I'd have to be a, uh, a monotheist. That's the only thing that makes sense. And then he said, when it comes to monotheism, he says, well, uh, definitely uh, I could not be uh, a, a practicer of Judaism. I could not be someone who uh, practiced Judaism. And here was the reason he gave why, why he couldn't practice Judaism. He said because Judaism, you look at the Old Testament, that Judaism is based on the Messiah. There are only, there's over 300 references about the coming Messiah in the Old Testament. He says, to be honest with you, and all of these prophecies were supposed to be fulfilled, he said. So, therefore, uh, without the Messiah, without the fulfillment of these prophecies, Judaism is incomplete. He said that in his mind, Christianity would have to be the natural fulfillment of Judaism. Okay? And he's right. Now think of it, right? The majority of Jews today don't believe in the Messiah anymore. It is undoubtedly a fact that before then, they believed in the coming of the Messiah. He was a man. He's supposed to be the king of Israel. All of it's right in the Bible, okay? That didn't happen. So now you've got certain uh, uh, Jewish groups, liberal Jews, who say that the Messiah is a nation, it's not a person. Uh-uh. That's not what the Old Testament says. They were looking for a person to fulfill all 300 of those prophecies. So the atheist said, so therefore, I could not accept Judaism, because Judaism, okay, is nothing without the Messiah. That was his view. And the class that Dr. Walter Martin was in, they said, wow, okay. So then he took on uh, Islam. He took Islam on. And he said, in terms of Islam, so I couldn't be Islamic either. Okay, and they asked him why. And he said, well, uh, uh, in order for me to be Islam, uh, uh, we've got to realize something. He said that Islam would not exist except for Judaism and Christianity. Yeah, because 
the, all the characters that we find in, uh, or many of them, that are in the Old Testament and the Bible, wind up in the Quran. Even Jesus is talked about in the Quran. Now, and they even quote from some uh, New Testament passages, see? So he said, uh, so if, if Judaism did not exist, and if Christianity did not exist, Islam would not exist. Remember, the Old Testament was written between 1500 and 425 B.C., the New Testament between uh, 45 A.D. and 90 A.D., the Quran did not, the Quran as a document did not come on the scene until 632 A.D. after both of these books were written. Yet in Islam, they want to say that they're giving you the truth now, okay, <laughs> after all this time, but he said that Islam would not exist unless for Judaism and, and Christianity. If they did not exist, then Islam would not exist. He said, so therefore, since I would not be a polytheist, okay, uh, since I wouldn't be a, a proponent of Judaism, and since I can accept Islam, the only last resort for me would be to become a Christian. He said, but I'm neither of them. So just to let you guys know. <laughs> but his argument is uh, interesting, to say the least that he would come to that kind of a conclusion. I'm wondering what you think about it. Number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578, to be on the air. Bible talk with Pastor Emmy Moss. Are we going to take a break? We'll, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. If you owe back taxes, there's a lot you need to know, starting with rule number one. Don't mess with the IRS. They are cracking down this year by sending out heart-stopping letters, actively garnishing paychecks, levying bank accounts, and putting liens on homes and businesses. That's all true, but it's also true there's a way out. It's called the Fresh Start Initiative, an important government program for tax debt assistance. It's one of the biggest breaks the IRS has ever offered, so now's the time. You could qualify for tax relief that saves you thousands, even tens of thousands. Nobody knows this program like the award-winning experts at Optima Tax Relief. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and will fight to get you the best deal possible. Don't mess with the IRS. For tax help you need, for tax help you can trust, call Optima now for a free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Hello, friends. This is Evangelist Anita Campbell, host of Bible Talk. I've got some exciting news now. In addition to listening to us on 92.7 FM and AM 1500, you can also stream us live on Radio.com. Just go to Radio.com, tap the News Talk, and scroll down to WLQV Faith Talk. It's that simple. Or pick up the Radio.com app. Either way, it's fun. Sounds great, and you're going to love it. Check us out at Radio.com. A Moment of Destiny from Pastor Paul Shepard. At a certain point, you got to focus on the promise or the vision he put in your heart, and you know it came from God, or the word he gave you through that person with a prophetic or word of knowledge or some gift. However God spoke to you, you got to focus on what he said, not what you think. That's the key 
to what's going to happen in your family. That's the key to what's going to happen in your vocation. That's the key to what's going to happen in your finances. In every area of your life, you got to focus on what God said, not what you think. Pastor Paul Shepard is the senior pastor of Destiny Christian Fellowship in Northern California. The program is heard daily on radio stations across America and anytime at PastorPaul.net. In the 2016 race for president, Donald Trump was not the first choice for many Christian voters. His personal history made it unimaginable that he would defend Christian values as president, or so we thought. In his new book, Forgotten Country, The Christian Case for Trump, Dr. Ralph Reed shows that President Trump has kept his promises and been the most effective presidential defender of religious liberty and the pro-life cause since Reagan. It's required reading in 2020. Forgotten Country, the new book by Ralph Reed, available wherever books are sold. That number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578, to be on the air of Bible Talk with Pastor Emery Moss. This is the time for you to come with your questions, your questions about the Bible, about Christian living, about systematic theology. I am welcome for you. The professor has ended his dissertation. <laughs> and by the way, uh, I am a professor uh, in, a, in a sense. I did teach at uh, Ashland Theological Seminary one summer, uh, Heritage Bible College, Manthano, uh Bible College and Seminary. My good friend, uh, Dr. John McLean. So I've had a little experience. I like pastoring, though, a whole lot better than professorships. Number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578 to be on the air. Bible Talk with Pastor Emmy Moss. While I'm waiting for your calls, I'm going to throw out another challenge to you. But remember, uh, you can call with anything you want on this program. It is Bible Talk. It is here for you. Our job, my job, is to get you into the Bible, into apologetics, uh, so that you'll be fully prepared, uh, as best we can prepare you, to deal with questions that come in classes that you teach and with people that you meet. People who may never run across a minister or a pastor may run across you, and your job is to fulfill the Great Commission, and we want to be able to help you as best we can. All right. Uh, but let me put a challenge on the table. But first, let me go to Detroit and talk to our caller. Caller, you're on the, you're on the air. Well, hello, Pastor. How are you today? Well, Joe, how are you doing? Oh, I'm kicking. Thank you. <laughs> and I was listening uh, to what you were saying. Now, in, in John, going back to John 8, 56, 57, and 58. Uh-huh. Now, the question I'm, I have here is how did uh, Abraham see Jesus' day? Yeah, that's a very good question. I think that uh, there's two ways that that was accomplished within what was said here. If we go back to it and we look at it, in John 8, uh, uh, 58, uh, well, before then, where it says, in verse 56, Jesus uh, uh, gave the expression, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day and saw it and was glad. Okay? Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and thou hast seen Abraham. Verse 58. Jesus said unto them, 
Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. Now, what is astounding here is that uh, they were angry, right? Uh, it says, and they took, then took they up stones to cast at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. Now, the question is, what was it that Jesus said that made them so doggone angry? Okay. What, what made them angry? Do you know? He, ma he made a declaration that he was God. There you go. He made a declaration that he was God. The same declaration that we see over in Exodus chapter 3 uh, and verse 14, right? Where it says, uh, And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. So what, what he was basically telling him is that when, uh, when I am, okay, Moses, uh, that was revealed to him and revealed to Abraham as well. He said, that is, in other words, he saw me. That was him seeing me. When you saw God, at that point, he was seeing me. So that's one answer to it. Uh, the other answer, in fact, uh, notice in 15, and Moses said, moreover, Moses, thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, and this is in verse 15, Exodus 3.15, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, hath sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations. The other place would be, no doubt, Genesis chapter 22, where the sacrifice took place with Isaac. Isaac, as you know, was a type of the sacrificial lamb, just as Christ was. So both of those two references could uh, provide the answer to that question. Okay. Okay, but I'm, I'm looking at it, too, where it says that your father, yeah, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it. Now, I'm not talking about uh, Moses. I'm talking about Abraham. And the way I'm looking at this and my understanding is that, yes, Abraham did see him, but yet it was through Isaac. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm with you there, too. That is why we had to invoke uh, the passage that we did, right, where God tested him. Okay? And that was over in Genesis 22. Yeah, I, I agree with you totally, right? Uh, where, in other words... Which says in verse 8, Genesis 22 and 8, And Abraham said, My son, God will provide a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and as we know, Jesus is the lamb that was given, uh, you know, for the whole world. Okay? So, yeah, that, both of those uh, could fulfill it. And probably, uh, I would agree with you, in Genesis 22, 8, even more so. Okay. All right, I thank you for your for your time. Thank you. Appreciate it very much. Number to call, area code 866-423-9578. Area code 866-423-9578. To be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emory Moss. Any questions you have about the Word of God is welcome here. Does that mean I'm going to stop asking uh, and firing questions at you? No, it doesn't, okay, because I still want to talk about Islam. I'm not through with Islam yet. Okay. And so, let us look here at Surah 3.46. Surah 3.46. Now, uh, definitely one thing is for sure, that 
that the Quran contradicts the Bible. It does. That is one of the uh, things that we have to point out to Muslims when we talk to them, that in fact the Quran uh, contradicts the Bible. And therefore, you know, uh, there's just n- n- nothing we can do about it but tell them that somebody's got to be wrong, and we surely don't believe it's us, because the Bible came first, first of all. Right? Uh, let's look at a passage that you could go to, all right? In fact, let's look at two of them and see what you can do with these. First, Surah 349. Open up your Quran. I know you don't have it. I'm just joking. I'll read it to you. Surah 3 and 49. Surah 349. Where, I quote from the Quran, in that I will make for you out of clay the figure of a bird and breathe into it. And it becomes a bird by Allah's leave. And I heal those born blind, the lepers. I quicken the dead by Allah's leave. Now, what is fascinating about this passage is this is talking about Jesus. And it's admitting that Jesus uh, uh, brought a bird back to life, okay? okay? That's what it says, brought a bird back to life. And it says he heals uh, uh, those born blind, and he heals lepers, and he gives life to the dead. All those things are said in the Quran, but they do not give the historical narrative of it is, at, at all. All they're doing is copying from the New Testament and in some cases, not from the New Testament, but from other documents, okay? In other words, um, they say some things that you can't find in the uh, Bible, but you find elsewhere, okay? Now, notice this next place, Surah 346. This is Surah 346. He shall speak to the, he shall speak to the people in the cradle or in maturity. And he shall be of the company of the righteous. He shall speak to the people in the cradle and in maturity. He shall be of the company of the righteous. This is said in Surah 346. Now, where in the Bible, in the New Testament, does it say that Jesus spoke from the cradle? And if you can't find it in the Bible, then can anybody tell me where does it come from? And then... The final question, uh, does that contradict the Bible? Number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578. To be on the air, Bible talk with Pastor Emmy Moss, okay, talking about Jesus bringing the figure of a bird back to life, okay, and uh, also looking at uh, him speaking from the cradle. We're going to go to Ontario and talk to our caller. You're on the air. Thank you. Hello. Yes, hello. Thanks for calling. Sure. I have a question concerning the headship of Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that Jesus is the head of the church. Is that right? Oh, uh, uh, definitely so, yeah. Right. So as the head of the church, he, is, he, is, he gives life to the body. And the Bible tells us that each of us are members of the body of Christ. Is that right? All of us who are born again, yes. Yes. So when the body comes together, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it talks about that the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man, and there are nine things mentioned. Secondly, my question is, um, we see the actual gatherings in the New Testament is that uh, they had participatory opening, open um, gatherings. For example, in 1 Corinthians 14, 26, the Apostle says, how is it when you come together, every one of you has a psalm, a tongue, 
a revelation, a doctrine, interpretation. And then he says, let it all be done unto edifying. I've been a Christian for 46 years. So for those 21 years of my life, sir, I have sat in my building, listened to somebody preaching, but I've never experienced the idea of Jesus' headship, where he is actually uh, mediating himself in the body. I just have one person called the pastor. However, um, if you would agree with me or disagree, uh, the traditions of man are nullifying the Word of God. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Well, uh, it, well, it depends. I, can, I see what you're trying to say in your circumstance, but I've been in church where uh, this has been followed, where not just the pastor speaks, but others speak as well. Uh, there's more than one pastor, okay? Uh, and so uh, sometimes one speaks more than the other, but always there usually is some exhortation uh, that comes from other pastors in the, in the settings that I've been in. So I see, I just have a different view. Uh, for example, uh, wherever the gatherings were in the New Testament, you can agree with me that they are always in their homes for 300 years, whether it be Romans, uh, whether it be Romans, Corinthians, uh, Colossians, that, uh, that Paul addressed the church in the home. Uh, one, the reason they, got, they gathered in a home, that's history, that's what the Bible tells us, uh, but the form follows function. What's the purpose? It's not the matter of a man called pastor. It's a matter of the body exercising its priestly function. Doesn't Second Peter, or doesn't One Peter chapter two say that each of us are royal priests? That each of us are what now? Royal priests. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we are. We are a royal priesthood. That's true. In fact, all Christians who preach the gospel. Yeah, that's right. But if each, if yeah, each you're each absolutely right. Priest, mm -hmm. Therefore, if Jesus is the head of the body then Jesus would be mediating himself in the body in an open gathering, just as I read in 1 Corinthians 14, 26. It wouldn't be just the fact of a man called pastor, the fact that the entire body could listen to the Spirit just as, just as well as anyone else. Um, so that if we read, for example, if you read Ephesians 4, 16, it says that the body edifies itself according to the effectual working in a measure of every part makes increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Also, and I, I can't carry on too long. I'll just give you here. Oh, and you're right about that. I, I think that definitely there should be expression in the whole church. But we can't bypass what is said in Ephesians chapter 4, where it says at verse 11, and he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers. Then he told what their job was. Verse 12, not to say that everybody should have expression, the Great Commission was given to all the church. We have to go into all the world, all of us, and preach the gospel to every creature. But it says he gave some apostles, some pastors, some evangelists, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, that's what these ministries do, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So definitely, I have no, definitely the job of the church is to be trained and prepared so that everybody can do the work of God. But here's what I'm reading straight from the Bible, and pastors and teachers uh, and evangelists are all included in a part of that which helps to prepare the body of Christ. They don't lord it over the body of Christ. They're not the, uh, uh, the uh, people to be bowed to. They are merely servants of Christ, commissioned to train and teach others. That's what it says in the Bible, and there's a number of, uh, of, of uh, uh, verses I can show you that tells you the role of a teacher. So I thank you for calling. appreciate that. Number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578, to be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emmy Moss. And that he called, because there is no hierarchy in the church, 
No, not at all. Okay? But definitely, uh, uh, people need to be trained to go out. And basically, the, the most humblest people in the world should be your pastors and teachers because they have the great job, the awesome job, of, uh, of, of training people for the work of the ministry. And remember, they had to be trained themselves and called by God. Number to call, area code 866-423-9578. Area code 866-423-9578. Going to take a break, and we'll be right back. Hey, here's a common question. What are you going to do with your life? What's next? For high school students, graduates, and working adults ready to learn new skills to start a new career or enhance their career, there's Salem Career Hub. Online at SalemCareerHub.com. Prepare for the next step in your education. Get connected with top-ranked online schools and leading skills-based short-term training programs like full-stack software development from the co-founder of Apple, Steve Wozniak, to online XR programs, teaching hands-on vocational courses for HVAC, welding, plumbing, facilities management, electricians, solar, and more, all at a special reduced Salem Career Hub price. Better your life through education. Our team of education professionals are available to help you Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. Central Time. Just call 866-711-6275, 866-711-6275, or visit 24-7 SalemCareerHub.com. Hello, friends. This is Tom Kitterman, host of Mornings with Meaning. Right here in America every day, more than 30 million children rely on school for food, eating breakfast or lunch, oftentimes both at school. With 97% of schools closed, many for the rest of the school year, many families will be hard-pressed to keep children from going hungry without help. For more than 100 years, Save the Children has been meeting the needs of children and families around the world and right here at home every day and in times of crisis. And right now, with your help, they're making sure that children get the nutrition they need until school is back in session. Your gift of $100 can provide breakfast, lunch, and dinner for 10 out-of-school children in need for one day. Call 888-884-4836, and for just $100, you can fill 10 bellies for one day with Save the Children. That's 888-884-4836, or online at faithtalkdetroit.com. Just look for the Save the Children banner. On In Touch with Dr. Charles Stanley, you'll hear wisdom taught from God's Word. If you want great faith, one of the things that's absolutely necessary is that you and I read the Word of God, we meditate upon the Word of God, we obey it, and then watch God work. The best way to build faith is get in the Word of God. In Touch with Dr. Charles Stanley, teaching biblical truths that transform lives. Listen to In Touch, weekday afternoons at 1230. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Emery Moss, host of Bible Talk. I've got some exciting news. Now, in addition to listening to us on 92.7 FM and AM 1500, you can also stream us live on Radio.com. Just go to Radio.com, tap the News Talk, and scroll down to WLQV Faith Talk. It's that simple. Or pick up the Radio.com app. Either way, it's fun, sounds great, and you're going to love it. Check us out at Radio.com. All right, that number to call, area code 866-423-9578 to be on the air. Bible talk with Pastor Emery Moss back with Jamie. How you doing, Jamie? I'm fine, Pastor Moss. How are you? Good, good. Good to hear from you. 
Good to hear from you too. Um, yeah, I, I have. A, a, I think I know the answer to the things that you asked, but I did actually have a question to ask you as well. Okay. Okay. Um, so as far as the um, Jesus speaking from the cradle, I'm thinking that's from the first gospel of the infancy or something like that of Jesus Christ. I think it's one of those uh, apocryphal books or something. And then the one um, where Jesus is speaking or ma- making clay birds and turning them into life, uh, I think that's from the gospel of um, of Thomas, I believe that's where you get those yeah, two. Yeah, you're right. You're right. We're oh. talking about uh, apocryphal literature. Uh, we're talking about uh, uh, so-called gospels that are not first century documents, but second century. Okay, so you're right. Now, now, in, uh, in fact, if we look at this one, Surah 346, he shall speak to the people in the cradle. Uh, in maturity, he shall be of the company of the righteous. Now, sounds great, but we have no account of this at all uh, in uh, the New Testament. Okay, at all. So. Uh, basically, how does the Bible, in fact, the Bible, in fact, contradicts Surah 346, which says he shall speak to the people in the cradle, okay? Now, where does the, let, let me ask you this, Jamie, let me turn the tables on oh, Jamie. I don't know if I know, I know this, Pastor Master, but I'll try. <laughs> um, where does the Bible contradict this whole notion, which says in Surah 346, he shall speak to the people in the cradle, and in maturity he shall be of the company of the righteous. Where is that contradicted in our Bible? Um, oh, let's see. As you used to know this, Jamie. You used to know it when you were at Strictly. I know. I know I'm getting rusty, Pastor Ron. <laughs> I answered the other two questions. I have. <laughs> but you, know, you know, always find the one you can't answer. I <laughs> know, <laughs> I know, that's what I get. I should have just asked the question and not a- answered any questions. <laughs> uh, I, you know what, I, I, I don't, I'm sure some passage that I've been through, because, I mean, I still dialogue with Muslims to this very day, and, and for some reason I'm getting a brain freeze. So I, I, I can't recall an exact passage right now. But um, I, I did want to ask the question. <laughs> sure. Sure. Uh, um, so now, you had, uh, in one of the previous programs, you you were talking about children who die before the age of accountability. Um, they still go to heaven. Um, now, I remember you. Were, I was actually driving in the car, and I was trying to write the scripture down as you were talking. Um, when you were talking about the whole idea of original sin versus, uh, and you were going to a passage where you talked about sin is something, uh, sin is doing uh, what you know is wrong, and then you had went to, I thought you went to a passage in Deuteronomy where you talked about the children coming in or something, and I was like, wow, I, I, I never, I had never remembered that one. I think that was what you, where you went, and I was just trying to get those scriptures again as far as how do you prove to someone that children don't go to limbo and they don't go to purgatory, or um, but they actually go to heaven, and so... Sure. And those are very important scriptures to know uh, because it can be very uh, uh, frustrating for uh, those who have children that that die. Uh, and they're wondering, where do they go? Because they're born into sin. And I had one person who believed this, and it was uh, shocking that a person could hold this view. They said, you're born into sin. If you die as a baby, that means you're going to hell. Nothing could be further from the truth. Why? Because in James chapter 4, verse 17, it says this. This is one scripture we can use uh, where it says, Therefore, to him that knows to do good and doeth it not, 
to him it is sin. Therefore, to him that knows to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Well, babies don't know what sin is. And notice it says there's something you have to do to wind up in hell. So they are innocent, okay? So they cannot be judged uh, for knowing to do good because they're beyond the age of what we call accountability, okay? So that's one of them, and it's a very powerful one. People on, on, in judgment, they're not judged, oh, you were born in sin, so go to hell. No, they are the white throne judgment uh, where a person is confronted with their sins. And babies cannot have the sin because of the fact that there's nothing they can do, okay? Now, the other one is over in Deuteronomy chapter 1 and verse 39. And you're right, it has a similar tone. And you can find uh, uh, other uh, uh, verses like this also in, in the text, but these two are good. In Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 39, what happened was uh, the children of Israel, of course, uh, were, uh, they were punished by God for uh, sinning so much in the wilderness that, you know, he, uh, he didn't allow the first generation to go in. Only Joshua and Caleb went in, okay, because they were righteous. But it says here, uh, it, Deuteronomy 139, uh, in fact, I'll read 38 and 39. It says, But Joshua, the son of Nun, which stands before thee, he shall go in thither, okay? Because he was, you know, he uh, kept his faith during this time. Encourage him, for he shall cause Israel to inherit it, okay? Even Moses didn't make it, right, because of what he had done, him and Aaron. Uh, but Caleb and Joshua makes it in. Then verse 39, Moreover, your little ones, okay? Now, these are the children. Your little ones, and I, I like the language here because it's so precise. Moreover, your little ones, which you shed, said should be a prey. In other words, uh, the little ones were going to hold you back from getting to the promised land, they thought. Moreover, your little ones, which you shed, should be a prey, and your children, which in that day had no knowledge between good and evil. So clear, right? Clear as can be. Those children had no knowledge between good and evil. It says, and they shall go in thither, and unto them will I give it, and they shall possess it. Okay? So the children allowed to go in, uh, only two adults, uh, Joshua, Caleb, uh, the rest died in the wilderness because of their sin, but not the, those be, uh, below the age of accountability. Wow. Now, was there also a passage um, where when, when David's son um, died, the one the son that he had with Bathsheba, didn't he say, did he say, was there a place in the scripture where it said where he, he'll go, I, I'll go also? Did David say that as well? I mean, is that kind of like implied, or is that something, I don't know, maybe someone told me before, I don't remember. No, no. in fact, you're right about that. That uh, uh, is exactly uh, the thing that happened, that uh, David said, he will not come to me, but I'll go to him. In other words, there's recognition that uh, the, the child, evidently that seems like what that's saying is that that child would be, uh, uh, would be in heaven. Yeah, so that, yeah, I would agree with you. That is exactly uh, uh, the, the focus there. Babies, in fact, when you take all of uh, these passages together, uh, they're saying the same thing, that uh, infants cannot be judged for sins because there's no sins that they commit. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know if that was in Psalms or something like that, or I'm not, I can't remember exactly where it was. I thought I had read it a while ago, and I, I wasn't sure. But we know, do we, so we know that that David, he obviously did go to heaven. <laughs> and so that means, you know, if he went to heaven, then if he's going where his son is going, the implication is that the son went to heaven as well. 
Exactly, exactly. That's uh, the, exactly the implication that I would, uh, uh, w- would make there, because that's exactly true. That's exactly what the, te- uh, the text says and what the text is supporting. Okay. Okay. Very good, Pastor Moss. Well, all right. Um, thanks a lot again, Pastor Moss. Thank you for your ministry, and I will be sending something very, very soon. Well, I appreciate it, and thank you very much, Jamie. <laughs> okay. Take care. All right. That number to call, area code 866-423-9578. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. This is Lon Chen of the Hoover Institution for townhall.com. Wednesday night's vice presidential debate between Mike Pence and Kamala Harris allowed the American people to understand that there are some very stark contrasts in policy between what four more years of President Trump would look like as compared to a Biden administration. The differences across issues as wide ranging as climate change and energy policy, health care policy and taxation were apparent. Vice President Pence's ability to characterize Senator Harris and the Biden-Harris ticket more broadly as overly progressive was perhaps his biggest accomplishment in the debate. Harris pointed out that Biden will repeal the Trump tax cuts. Pence noted that this will mean tax hikes for all voters, an effective attack that was left unanswered by Harris. From taxes to energy policy to the role of the judiciary, the differences were apparent. Trump and Pence should focus their fire on these kinds of issues during the closing weeks of the campaign. The choice this November is clear. It's now up to us to cast our votes. I'm Lon He Chen. Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu How is success in pastoral ministry measured? My responsibility, ours together, is not so much to inform you of things that you do not know as it is to turn to the Scriptures in such a way that we might remind ourselves of things that we must never forget. We're talking about the essential role of a pastor Friday on Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Alistair Begg, weekday mornings at 8.30 on FM 92.7 and AM 1500. Faith Talk Detroit. If you owe back taxes, there's a lot you need to know, starting with rule number one. Don't mess with the IRS. They are cracking down this year by sending out heart-stopping letters, actively garnishing paychecks, levying bank accounts, and putting liens on homes and businesses. That's all true, but it's also true there's a way out. It's called the Fresh Start Initiative, an important government program for tax debt assistance. It's one of the biggest breaks the IRS has ever offered, so now's the time. You could qualify for tax relief that saves you thousands. Thousands, even tens of thousands. Nobody knows this program like the award-winning experts at Optima Tax Relief. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and will fight to get you the best deal possible. Don't mess with the IRS. For tax help you need, for tax help you can trust, call Optima now for a free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Hello, friends. This is Tom Kitterman, host of Mornings with Meaning, and I've got some exciting news. Now, in addition to listening to us at 92.7 FM and AM 1500, you can also stream us live on Radio.com. Just go to Radio.com, tap Listen, choose News Talk, and scroll down to Faith Talk Detroit. It's that simple. Or pick up the Radio.com app. Either way, it's fun, it sounds great, and you're going to love it. Check us out at radio.com. All right, that number to call, area code 866-423-9578. We are running out of time. I think the scripture that... um, 
that uh, Jamie was looking for was over in Second uh, Samuel uh, uh, chapter uh, 12, where she was dealing with the fact that uh, the child died, and she's right, uh, and uh, what it says that David here in Second uh, Samuel 12 and verse 22, and he said, while the child was yet alive, I fasted and wept, for I said, who can tell whether God will be gracious to me that the child may live? But now that he is dead, wherefore should I fast? Can I bring him back? Shall I? Uh, bring, can I bring him back again? No. I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. So that was David's way of saying the child, going to go where the child is, and the child in heaven. So he's going to follow him and go to heaven as well. All right, so uh, definitely it's very important to know that uh, the uh, children uh, below the age of, about, uh, of accountability don't have anything to be judged for. They're innocent, and uh, so they will go to heaven. That's what the Bible seems to be clearly telling us there. In terms of the challenge, I should not even give you the answer to this one because nobody got it. But where it says in Surah 346, he shall speak to the people in the cradle or in maturity. He shall be of the company of the righteous. Jesus did not speak in the cradle. That would have been a miracle had it happened. It's in one of the Gnostic Gospels, but definitely it is not in the Gospels that were written, the true Gospels, which were written in the first century. Uh, in fact, uh, the, uh, the Bible is really clear concerning uh, 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 Jesus' first miracle. It wasn't him speaking in the cradle. In John chapter 2, at verse 11, after Jesus had turned the, uh, the grape juice into wine, it says in verse 11, this is St. John 2.11, This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee, and manifest forth his glory, and his disciples believed on him. Okay? So, what happens is the Quran is all over the place. It copies from second century documents that aren't even the gospel. Okay? It talks about the things that Jesus does, but never gives the historical background to it, definitely showing that it is not authentic. All right. Great to have been with you guys. Appreciate you always. Always remember, keep your Bibles handy. If you uh, enjoy this program, then do support it by sending donations to P.O. Box 05788. 05788, which is our P.O. Box number, uh, 05, uh, P.O. Box 05877, P.O. Box 05877, make sure I get that right, and Detroit, Michigan, 48205, make out those checks to Bible Boot Camp Ministries for our radio, uh, to support our radio show. All right, once again, 05877, 05877. Detroit, Michigan, 48205. Make out those checks to Bible Boot Camp Ministries. We'd appreciate it very, very much. If you would support us, if you enjoyed this program, and get all your questions ready, because uh, definitely questions have to be answered. And some of them are very difficult. If there are those I cannot answer uh, on air, I'll do research for you. But uh, definitely, this is the place, okay? Bible Talk Program, where you can get uh, questions answered and prepare you uh, to uh, teach in Sunday school, answer those difficult questions after you've already studied your lessons, right? Uh, that's what you need. And I am your consultant to help you do that, and I appreciate it very much. We have a prophecy class going on on Tuesdays. A lot of stuff happening is strictly biblical. It's uh, live streamed uh, right on the Internet. All you've got to do is call and find out about it. All right, so this is Pastor Moss saying God bless you. Keep reading your Bibles, and we will see you 
next time. Sponsored by Bible Bootcamp Ventures. This is WLQV Detroit, FM 92.7 and AM 1500. Faith Talk Detroit, a service of Salem Media Group. Tune in to The Saints Perspective weeknights at 7 o'clock p.m. with Brian Edwards. New time, new revelation, new insight. Pastor Edwards will explore and challenge you to view your life through the lens of the Scripture. The Bible is relevant to your everyday practical life, and God has a word for you. God is concerned about you. So tune in to The Saints Perspective with Brian Edwards, Monday through Friday at 7 o'clock p.m. on Faith Talk, FM 92.7 and AM 1500. Can you afford your home loan? Could your mortgage payment increase in a few months to something you can't afford? Hi, I'm Ruby D. If you're not sure you can continue to make your mortgage payments, Call a government-approved housing council in your community for free and confidential help. Keep your home. Know your loan. Call today. Call 877-HUD-1515. That's 877-HUD-1515 or go to HUD.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development. This is Pastor Emery Moss Jr., your friendly neighborhood apologist. Join me each and every weekday from 6 to 7 p.m. on Faith Talk 1500. We discuss all things biblical and give you challenges to test your biblical knowledge. Don't forget, we have Open Air Monday, which is always open for your Bible questions and Relationship Wednesday. That's Bible Talk weekdays at 6 p.m. right here on Faith Talk 1500. This is WLQV Detroit, FM 92.7 and AM 1500. Faith Talk Detroit, a service of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.